an important question, I think, isn't it? For each one. Because I, I realize, listen, in uncertain times, there's lots of reasons to be fearful, isn't there? There's lots of questions that come up. How is this going to work out? But David keeps reminding us that because of who the Lord is, we should not be afraid at all. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? We all feel afraid sometimes. It's part of life. But your fears don't have to control you or dictate your decisions. Today, Pastor Daniel invites you to consider how you can move toward having a settled confidence in the Lord. You do this by introducing your fears to Jesus, who's able to handle anything that comes your way. If he can take away your sin and shame, then he's more than capable of dealing with anything else that comes up. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Psalm chapter 27 as he begins his message, Settled confidence. Jesus is real. Our culture loves people who are confident. I mean, it's like it's almost a, a cottage industry of people with so much confidence. I always think about at the beginning of every season, and I know so looking forward to, to sports season starting and all these things, but every team is like, man, we are definitely going to the Super Bowl this year. We're definitely going to win the World Series. You have these athletes who've just been drafted out of, out of college, and they're like, man, I am definitely going to go to the Hall of Fame. And people have so much confidence, but really oftentimes we have to ask ourselves a simple question is, what, where is our confidence? What is our confidence really? in. See, one of the great calamities that we have is that when we have an inordinate confidence in ourselves, but really what the Lord wants is he wants for us to take bold steps of faith, full of hope, because we have confidence in who he is and in what he's doing. I remember when I was first stepping out, this was now, I can't believe it, almost 20 years ago now, I stepped on out to do the first church plant that I was going to do. I was living at that time in the Bay Area, and I was going to be moving back to my home state, my native state of New Jersey, going to New Brunswick, where I went to college at Rutgers University, and I was going to plant a church there. And it was amazing. I think back on it now, and it was so beautifully reckless. You know, we didn't, I, didn't have, I didn't raise any support. I'm like, man, I got me my Bible. I got me. I got the Holy Spirit, the finished work of Jesus. We're going to start a church. And I remember I would talk to people about planting a church. Like, well, how much money did you raise to do this? I'm like, I didn't raise any money. I got the Lord. And I remember we, I stepped on out and I would talk to people like, man, this is, this is not going to work. I mean, this is definitely not going to work. And I remember when we held our very first gathering and there was, guess what? There was 11 people there. We took a, a, the tithe and offering of that day was less than $20. And I thought to myself, no, man, this is not going to work at all. But I remember when it was time to step on out, I knew that God was going to do a work. But the thing is, is that it wasn't my confidence wasn't in me, praise God. That wouldn't help anybody. My confidence was that the Lord wanted to do a work. And really for each one of us, God wants us to have a settled confidence in him. 
But don't get me wrong. When we're making these choices and we're going to do these things, it's easy to be confident in the Lord, but it's hard to be confident in the Lord when we have times of uh, maybe times of anxiety or times of worry, or we're looking at the situation. We're saying, this is definitely not going to work, or I don't know how this is going to work out. It's one thing to be bold and confident when we're doing things that we want to do, or we've been looking forward to. It's a whole other thing to choose to have a settled confidence in the Lord in the midst of uncertain times, in the midst of times of struggle or when things are going on that are outside of our control. And so today I want to share with you about what does it look like to have a settled confidence in the Lord, but when times are not easy, when they're uncertain, or when we find ourselves full of fear or anxiety. So in order to get at that, I want you to open up your Bibles to Psalm 27. The 27th Psalm, we're going to be looking at it today. It's easy to find the book of Psalms, of course, because it's in the the largest book in your Bible, right? So Psalm number 27, as we look at what does it mean to have a settled confidence in the Lord. So picking up in verse 1, it says this. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Now, this is powerful because it really begins that with the reality that the Lord is light and salvation and strength. That's where this starts, is that the Lord is light and salvation and strength. And really what David begins this, this beautiful psalm with is a reminder that if God is for us, all sorts of things can be against us. But because God is for us, we're going to be just fine. He says, the Lord is my light, which means that when I don't know the way, I know the God who is light, and in him is no darkness at all. In God, there's no shadow of turning. And because of that, even when I don't know what the future holds, I know him who is light. Not only is he our light, he's our salvation. I love this, that God is our salvation. Even Jesus' own name, right? It literally means Jesus, the Lord, our salvation. Jesus is a contraction of Jehoshua, Yahweh Shua, God, our salvation. And, and really, because God is our salvation and because God is our light, then it also says that God is my strength. And David, as a great word, he knew what it was like to have people coming against him. The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom I shall be afraid. One of the things they say, uh, scholars and theologians tell us about the Lord is that the Lord is omnipotent. The, the Lord is all powerful. God has all the potency, right? And because God is the strength of our life, David is saying, because of who the Lord is, why am I afraid? Now, that's an important question, I think, isn't it? For each one, because I, I realize, listen, in uncertain times, there's lots of reasons to be fearful, isn't there? There's lots of questions that come up. How is this going to work out? But David keeps reminding us that because of who the Lord is, we should not be afraid at all. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat of my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumble and fell. When, when my enemies come against me because of the Lord, I'm fine. Though a whole army encamp against me, 
My heart shall not fear. Though war may rise up against me, in this I will be confident. And my friends, listen. We need to learn how to introduce our fear to our Lord. We need to introduce our fear, and we need to introduce our fear to Jesus. Like, here you go. Meet my Savior who conquered sin and death. Because literally, Jesus himself is the cure for the things that we're fearful about. When you realize that whatever you're worried about, God is your light. God is your strength. God is your salvation. If God can forgive you of the very mistakes that you've made, then God can do anything. And there's no reason to fear because of who the Lord is. Now, here's the key, I think, for each one of us. Because like it's, it's a powerful biblical principle. But when push comes to shove in the times that we're afraid, we need to grab hold of these verses. Here's what we do. I want, I want you to take your pen. I want you to circle this in your Bible. If you're watching, if you're using this on that, I want you to highlight these verses. Because when we are confronted by things that make us nervous, when we have anxiety, when we have fear, at that point, we have to remind ourselves that our God is light and our God is strength and our God has already finished the work of salvation. When Jesus was on the cross, what did he say? He said to tell us that he said, it's finished. He's not saying it's almost finished. He's like, the work has been done. Salvation has been bought in my own body on the cross. And if God can save a sinner like me and call me a child of God, then anything else that is in front of me, it's big, but it's not that big. And if God can take care of my sin, he can take care of anything else. We want to have that settled confidence in the Lord because who the Lord is drives out the fear in our lives. Now, notice what he says next. This is Psalm 27, picking up in verse 4. It says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble... He shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. My friends, you and I, when we're fearful, when we're anxious, when things are uncertain, we need to learn how to stay rooted. We need to learn how to stay rooted. See, David, in all these things that are going on in his life, he's like, there's one thing that I desire to the Lord. There's one thing that I'm seeking. I want to dwell in God's house all the days of my life. He's like, I want to stay rooted in the things of God every single moment of every single day. I want to be rooted in the Lord. I want to behold the beauty of the Lord. I love that. David realizes that by dwelling in God's tabernacle, being in God's house, he gets to behold the beauty of his Lord, who is light, and who is his strength, and who is his salvation. And he's saying, and I want to be able to inquire at his temple. In the time of trouble, I know that my God is going to be, uh, he's going to hide me in the pavilion. He's going to hide me in the secret place of his tabernacle. He's going to set me high upon a rock. David is saying, I need to make sure that it, whatever goes on, I stay rooted. Now you got to realize that for David, David lived in very violent times. He was a great warrior. Obviously, they sing that crazy song about David, that he can get more foreskins of the Philistines than Saul. I've never heard that song. I've never heard a church sing that song in worship. I'm kind of hoping that the Crossroads Worship Ministry, the responding, would actually take that song about Saul getting a thousand foreskins and David getting 10,000. We write a song about it. We could sing it together in church. Wouldn't that be awkward? Awkward. That'd be the most awkward. But David was a great warrior. He's got all this stuff and there's, and this war going on. And in 
intrigue going on. David at times was running for his life. But even in the midst of such times of high anxiety, such times of uncertainty, David is saying, look, I want to stay rooted. I want my heart to be at home in the things of God. And this reminds me, of course, of Psalm number one. What a beautiful psalm. Listen to what it says, Psalm one, verse one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I love that. The person who abides in the word of God doesn't stand in the counsel of the ungodly, nor in the path of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scorn, but the one who dwells, stays rooted in the things of God, it's going to be like a tree rooted down deep, getting by the rivers of water. It has all that it needs to blossom. And it says that for that person who stays rooted, even in the midst of uncertainty, the person who stays rooted, all that they do will prosper. That they'll be fruitful in all the ways God wants them to be fruitful. And I believe that's what God wants for each one of us. And don't think that this is an Old Testament promise. Listen to what Jesus himself said in John chapter 15. I'm going to take verses 4 and 5 and then also verse 9. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And then verse eight, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so you will be my disciples. See, Jesus is saying, I want you to stay rooted in me. I want you to abide in me and and I'm going to abide in you. He's saying, just as a branch can't bear any fruit if it's not attached to the vine, to the trunk, he's like, neither can you. Without me, you can do nothing. See, my friends, Jesus doesn't want us to have confidence in ourselves, abiding in ourselves. He's saying, I want you to have a settled confidence in me, who I am, what I've done. And as you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And he says, and by this, my father is glorified. See, God is glorified when we choose to stay rooted, especially when we're in times of high anxiety, especially in times of uncertainty, especially when we're feeling ourselves overwhelmed with fear. When we stay rooted in Jesus, then our life begins to bear fruit because just the way fruit is born in a tree, all the proper things need to be there. You need that sunlight. You you, you need the water to be there. You need all the nutrients so that the fruit can grow. And the only way for us to be able to bear true fruit unto eternal life is for us to abide in Jesus. And we abide in Jesus by putting our faith and trust in him and then finding our nourishment in Christ. Now, I realize that each one of us, you know, we're all on a journey. I love to say that everyone's on a different step of their journey, Right? And for some people, you said yes to Jesus, and right now you are you are finding all of your nourishment spiritually in Jesus, and you have that settled confidence, and you need to stay right there. Others of us, we've said yes to Jesus, right? So we believe in Jesus, but we're actually not rooted in him right now. We're, we're not spending time with the Lord. We're not serving the Lord. We're, we're busy running after other things, and if that's you right now, God's saying, listen, I want you to come abide in me. Without me, you can do nothing. 
Your five-year plan apart from me, you might get what you want and it won't be what you want because you're not bearing fruit that gives my father glory. And so God is saying, listen, I want you to stay rooted. And there's others of you right now, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. And the only way you can be rooted and be like that well-watered tree, only, the only way for you can bear the fruit that gives God glory is to be in Christ, to put your faith and trust in, in Jesus and then to abide within him. So you and I, you want to have settled confidence. You need to stay rooted. You might right now be one of those people who you're looking at your life right now and you believe in Jesus, but you don't have any settled confidence because although you believe in Jesus, you're not rooted right now. And what I've learned is that when I sense that I am straying, maybe when I'm not being rooted in the way that I know I ought to be, I start catching myself getting real fearful, being really worried because I got my eyes on the natural as opposed to that God can do anything. And so if that's you, listen, no judgment. God is inviting you just to come on back and get rooted again. And maybe that's your prayer right now. Say, Lord, will you root me afresh in Jesus? Help me to abide in Jesus. Lord, do the work that you want to do in my life right here, right now. Because we need to stay rooted just the way David is here. Now, as we continue in Psalm 27, look what it says in verse 6. It says, And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take care of me. You know what I love about this? What we learn here is that you and I, we need to seek his face and rejoice. We need to seek the Lord's face and then we rejoice. See, I love this because really we have in all these verses, we have David is rejoicing because he is committed to seeking the Lord no matter what happens. Right? It says, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. He's saying that God's going to do a great work in my life. I'm going to be honored above my enemies. And he says, therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacles. Verse 6, I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. So, so he knows that because he's staying rooted in the Lord, right? And he knows that God is his light and God is his strength and God is his salvation. He's like, I know that God's going to do a work. I know that God's going to honor me. And because of that, I'm going to offer the sacrifice of joy. Now, you realize that joy is a disposition of the heart that knows that God is good. Right? Even when you're not experiencing, even when all this stuff's going on, David knows that his God is a good God. So he chooses to, to, to give God the offering, the sacrifice of joy. He's saying, I'm going to sing praises to God. Why is he doing it? Notice. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy upon me and answer me. And he says, when you said, Lord, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. My friend, listen. I want you to really hear this. This is important. No matter where you are on your faith journey right now, whether you've been walking with Jesus forever or you're just here because someone's shared the service and you're watching it right now. Listen, God is saying to you, seek my face. 
and deep in the depths of your soul, because God has placed eternity in your hearts, your soul is crying out, Lord, your face I want to seek. And I want to encourage you just to simply respond to the most eternal and pure thing about you, which is the eternity that God has placed in your heart. God wants you to know who he is. God has done everything except force himself on you for you to know who he is. And right now, God wants you to respond to his desire for you to know him by saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to seek your face. And I, I, I look back on my journey with Jesus because I didn't grow up following Jesus. I didn't grow up, you know, reading the scriptures. I didn't grow up being like, man, I want to, I want my life to honor God. I want to find my nourishment. In Jesus. I, didn't, I didn't grow up that way. But I look back now on, especially those early years when I was responding to God's invitations to, to know him. You know, I, and I'm just so grateful to the Lord that for whatever reason at that time, I was simple enough, naive enough to say, man, okay, God wants me to know him. God's inviting me into a relationship. Okay, I'm going to take this step. Right? Because some, you know, very easy. I could have thought myself out of it. There were seasons when I was overthinking everything. But when push comes to shove, God desires a relationship with his creation. God doesn't want to be an absentee landlord. For some people, that's their experience. God created everything and he's, and he's absent. God doesn't want to be an absentee landlord. God is inviting us. This is God saying, listen, will you seek my face? And David's response is, Lord, my heart is saying, your face, God, I'm going to seek. And we need to choose to seek the Lord. Now, if you don't believe me that God wants to have a relationship with you, listen to what it says in Acts chapter 17, verses 26 and 27. He says, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Now, you know what I love about that? It's saying that God created everybody, all, all descendants of Adam and Eve, right? And God has given us pre-appointed times for our lives and our dwellings, where we live and all this stuff. Why? That we might seek, he says it, that we might seek the Lord in hope that they might grope for him and find him. And for each one of us as finite beings, part of our response to God is to kind of grope for God. The, the picture is like you're, you're in the dark and you don't know where something is and you're just reaching out and you're groping for God. That's our response to who God is. And then it's beautiful because it says, though he is not far from each one of us. No matter where you are on your faith journey right now, God is not far from you. But God is asking for us to simply respond to his invitation to seek his face. And as we seek it, we're kind of groping to God. Lord, may I know you. And when you take that step, God is not far from you. God wants you to seek his face. He's inviting you to do it. And as your heart responds with a yes, and you get to know the Lord, then all of a sudden, God begins to transform our lives. You know that feeling of trying to find your way through a room in the dark? You walk carefully with your hands out to feel your way to where you want to be? Pastor Daniel left you with a great reminder today. God is inviting you to make your way to Him. This world is a dark place full of things that will hurt or derail you. 
this passage encouraged you to seek the Lord, groping for him through the darkness around you. He's not far from you. And if you seek him, you will find him. Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to let you know that you're going to make it. In my latest book, You're Going to Make It, Unlocking Resilience When Life is a Mess, I unpack the keys to living with a deeply biblical resilience. You will explore how to blossom during times of suffering, fear and worry, and stress. And in this messy world, these keys are invaluable. Get your copy now at JesusIsReal.com. Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page. That website again is JesusIsRealRadio.com. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share more about how to grasp and live in the settled confidence that the Lord wants for you. When you cling to Him and His truth, you can respond to your circumstances with joy. So then, even though things are hard, the hope you have in the Lord will birth courage in you so that you can move forward in the face of adversity and fear. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Unstoppable Hope. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.